0: The Down in a Heap podcast from Rob C. is one of the only podcasts that I can stand to listen to. I'm Froth from the Thought Eater podcast, and I approve this message. In old school games, life is cheap. I said in old school games, life is cheap. Bring a pole, oil, and rope, or go down in a heap. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host Rob, podcasting to you live from beautiful northeast Minneapolis. Top of the show, you heard Froth, thought of your podcast, thought eater blog, and Blue Ray Otis doing his bluesy rendition of my theme song. So thanks guys, I appreciate it. It's uh, still OSR October, and there's only, well, after today's episode, what, I'll be dropping three more. (laughs) And I didn't drop one yesterday, so I missed Thursday, but because I still haven't mm, figured out or or put the effort into figuring out how to record uh, uh, Friend Friday (laughs) is... Temporarily on hold. So it's, pretend it's Thursday because it's Thursday theories. You know, I just realized, I I think I kind of fall into the trap of not even, like, saying who Ray Otis is. <laughs> because I just kind of assume everyone does know. But Ray does the Plundergrounds podcast, which you should definitely check out if you haven't already. And he used to do a zine called Plundergrounds, and he's created a bunch of different games. Um, there's There and Back Again, which is a kind of a Hobbit game. I think based on I think it's based on Lasers and Feelings. Correct me if I'm wrong. And speaking of that, I think uh, Sorcerers and Cell Swords, which is a swords and sorcery take on Lasers and Feelings, Lords of Mars. Uh, And I know there's a lot of others. I think he did uh, Into the Earth, a uh, take on Into the Odd. So you can go to, I think it's RayOtis.com or something, but uh, you can just Google him and he'd probably come up with a bunch of different things. Uh, And he's got a a blog, the Viridian Scroll blog. So um, yeah, Ray is just a font of creativity, does great art, too, so uh, you should definitely be checking out Ray's stuff if you haven't already. But let's get into it here. It's the last Thursday Theory uh, episode for OSR October, and in these episodes I've been kind of going through my theme song, which is a bit of a shorthand for how I kind of play D&D games and we did the other stanzas, and now we're... And try not to go down in a heap. So, a lot of it is about survival. That's the... I mean, if there's a a common goal running through (laughs) the thread of adventure gaming, uh, it's basically being able to come back from the adventure to reap the rewards, to gain experience points, to spend that gold, to uh, um, find out what that magic item is. Um, I mean, the adventure is the primary thing, but the survival of that adventure is uh, a close second. Because in these... I mean, what, what separates... In, for me, the, uh, the difference between like a role playing game and a board game is often that you have an ongoing campaign that you're a part of. You're not just playing um, Axis and Allies and wrapping it up, and then you play another game, which doesn't, the, the previous game has no impact on your next game of it other than maybe the the learning experiences that you had and, you know, the good times that you had that you can uh, reminisce about and stuff. And that that goes for most board games I'm familiar with. I know there are some that have some kind of, like, built-in campaign play that you can utilize and stuff. I think Pandemic has a version of that that my friend Chris kind of wanted to get us into, which could be kind of cool. Um but and that's really kind of why one shots aren't all that interesting to me, um, because you you really don't have much of a stake in the game. You're just kind of you're just playing for the sake of playing, and which, which is great, you know. And that isn't to say that you can't have fun doing that, but when you're in campaign play, there are a lot more stakes in the game for me. And there's, for me, again, there's no larger stake than life and death of your character. And uh, while there's no, uh, it's not really a huge deal, like I've outlined in uh, Life is Cheap, to just make up a new character, and because a lot of the abilities and uh, special powers that your character might have are derived a lot of the times from magic items and equipment. So that, depending on how you handle character death in um in the in the group of players, you know, how how you handle their equipment and whether you pass that along to the next character, it can soften the blow. And it also softens the blow in that you can roll up a new character in five, ten minutes and and the DM will often just get you right back into the game. Oh, you uh, find, you know, so-and-so in a cocoon in a giant spider's lair or something. Or they are just wandering into the dungeon. Or, you know, you go back to town and boom, there's your new character waiting to to join. And a lot of times the the magic items might even be particular to your character. Because there's a lot of magic items that aren't... Uh, that are exclusive to different classes. If you've got a uh, a wand of fire or something, well, and there's no other magic user in the party, well, there's no one to use it, so give it to the new magic user, right? Uh, likewise, cleric scrolls or something, or a staff of healing or whatever. There, there are things that are tied to different classes. So a lot of times, you just even if there isn't. Uh, an agreement to just kind of pass along things like a will to your next character, often the the gear will get passed along because you're the only character that can use it. Uh, but uh, trying not to go down in a heap, there's, there's a lot of elements in the old versions of D&D that tie into that for instance there are things like save or die and save or suck kind of things like paralysis or petrification and they're pretty cut and dry you know rules is written you save versus poison or you die you save versus paralysis or you're often paralyzed for turns or which can be hours you're basically out of the the combat situation that you find yourself in You're turned to stone like that. It's not some slow transformation that you get another chance to break out of or something. You just, you know, the basilisk looks at you, save, or you're a statue. And there's not really an easy remedy for a lot of these things either. There is no third level spell revivify that someone gets because they've amassed a mere 6,500 experience points. The first opportunity to have something like that is Ray is Dead, which in BX you need to be 7th level to cast, which is 50,000 experience points. And I know it's not really, it's a little bit apples and oranges about how you earn experience points, but again, we're we're talking about my game's there has not been a seventh level character in any of the games I've either run or, or played in uh in more than a decade. It would be I don't I can't even remember the last character that legitimately got that high of level. Now you can find things like magic items that might have a spell on a scroll or something, or some Uh, I I think there's some kind of potion that can restore life, too, or something. But those are few and far between. If your character dies in one of the games that I run or Keith runs, they're dead. Likewise, if they're turned to stone, they're probably not coming back. Uh, You could certainly have uh, a quest that you could set up to discover some means of doing it. Or if you have a high-level NPC in your... In your game world, uh, some high priest or wizard that can reincarnate someone or return stone to flesh or something like that, you could have the party go on a quest to get the means to you know to bring back the, this character that this unfortunate character. But it really doesn't happen that often. Usually, it's the character, the player is just like, no, eh, I'll just roll up a new character, and. Uh, <clears throat> And even if you are going on that quest, they're probably going to roll up a new character to take part in that quest anyway. So, it, I don't know. It's part of the ongoing story. You, the, the characters dying are just part of it. And surviving and getting to, like, third, fourth level is a badge of honor and a sign of luck. I, if you play the game as written... I often find it hard to believe that anyone does <laughs> get past fifth level to be honest uh because you there are so many things like save or die or uh petrification paralysis I mean a couple of carrion crawlers can take out a whole party and uh or you know a few ghouls w- with uh you know surprise or just getting lucky on initiative rolls getting lucky on to hit rolls can, uh, can paralyze a whole party t- as well. And, um, uh, so there's, there's a lot of things that are just, you know, Hey, you're just unlucky. You kicked open the door. Uh, there was a giant spider lurking behind it. It surprised you and it hits you and you missed your save. You're dead. And, um, uh, maybe there's someone in the party that has a neutralized poison spell or something that can, uh, can take care of that, but that, I mean, that hardly ever happens. So, yeah, it, you kind of develop this gallows humor about it, and uh, and you don't really get attached to your characters so much because they're, you know, you know they're living on borrowed time. But that's not to say that you drive it like you own, or like you're renting it, you know? You're trying to uh, survive and you're trying to get to those higher levels, and that does really become kind of a badge of honor. Yeah, I made it to the fourth level. That's a big deal. Uh, They're not gimmies. Uh, It's all a challenge. And there's... The game balance isn't really about crafting encounters that, uh, that are equal to the character's level. Uh that to me just creates this cycle of sameness. There's, there's a, okay, you're using different monsters. You're maybe using higher level spells and all that. But if it's always kind of the same situation, it, to me, it doesn't really matter if you're first level characters fighting goblins or if you're eighth level fighters fighting hill giants, it's, um, you're getting very much the same type of thing. So that's why I don't really care if I'm not playing high level games either. Um, but the so the the game setting is more about uh, dealing with the encounters that come up because there you could be a party of fourth level characters and you're still encountering kobolds and bandits and giant rats and skeletons and stuff like that, and that's when you have your moments of feeling like, I'm invincible. When you're just wading through the goblin horde, because you're a fourth-level fighter in in plate mail and shield, and they they hardly ever can hit you, and when they do, it's rather insignificant, and you're just mowing them down, because you're getting, like, four attacks per round and stuff. Or if you're the fourth level cleric and you run into skeletons and zombies, you're just blasting them out of existence with your turn undead. And um or using a web spell and just knocking out a bunch of multiple sleep spells and, you know. But there's but those monsters are still there. It's not like they disappear from the game because they're not challenging. It's not balanced. And likewise, as first level characters, you might see signs of like a hill giant or, or just run into him, But that doesn't mean you like, Oh, well the DM wouldn't have thrown this creature in there if we couldn't take him out. So let's charge. No, you, you say, Oh my God, it's a giant run. And, uh, the giant might be able to catch one character and it's probably curtains for them. But if you scatter, you're, you're, mostly going to escape, and maybe then you start plotting your revenge. You find out where the giant has their lair, and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, this giant probably has some sweet treasure, a lot more than a nest of giant rats does. So that, to me, is the game balance. It's risk versus reward. As a DM, I will, I mean, and the game system is kind of works this way. Most of the more powerful creatures you run into, they're not only worth more experience points if you defeat them, but more importantly, they usually have a lot better treasure. So if you take them out, you get all that treasure and that's that's experience points and that's what you're playing for to a large degree. You're playing for the sake of adventure, but you're also playing to get your to try and advance your characters and to survive and um yeah so it's game balance is risk versus reward and the game world has more of a sense of verisimilitude of realism if you will even though it's a fantasy world we all know yeah it's it's a fantasy right but If all of a sudden you just, because you're fifth, sixth level characters, you just never encounter goblins anymore. It's like, well, do they just all run away? (laughs) Uh, You never encounter wolves anymore. They're all dire wolves now because you you need to challenge the characters. No, 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 no. So that's my idea of uh, trying not to go down in a heap. You usually do. I mean, it's, but the fun is trying not to. And bucking the odds, and getting your characters higher level because then, you you do start you know you get better saving throws, you get better to hit rolls, you get more stuff, so you become more durable. You you have a better chance once you start getting uh, to third, fourth, and especially fifth level, and uh, the that er, those early levels can be kind of a conveyor belt. They can be a little bit of a grind, but for me that's a fun part of the game I like the grind um, and I like the challenges of low level play which isn't to say that high level play can't be challenging of course it can um, to but I just start getting a I start getting a little tired of even when I'm a fourth or fifth level character when it seems like all right well it doesn't seem like uh, we're facing nearly as many challenges as we did when we were low, lower level, and I usually end up missing that. And like I've said before, then I start even getting tired of my character and want to try a different concept. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm weird. I'm weird, I know it. Um, <laughs> I just don't get attached to my characters. So it's, uh, and maybe it's because of the style of play. Maybe that's like... Warped me somehow because I I do realize that they're either the campaign's gonna end or I'm my character's gonna die, and so I just don't really um, get attached to them. So maybe maybe some would say I'm missing out on some things, and maybe I am, but I'm happy playing in this style. So um, maybe it's blissful ignorance. All right, so that's enough blabber from me I'm sorry I'm sure you're I'm getting tired of hearing myself and lately I haven't even been listening back to my episodes to see if <laughs> if it's drivel or if um uh the sound quality is all right or if I've put some things segments out of order or anything like that I because I just am tired of listening to myself talk but uh there's not much left. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it will be November. Which uh, which sucks. Cause I love October. And uh, every year I get less and less enthusiastic about winter. And especially less enthusiastic about the holidays. It's so weird that we... That's so much angst and energy and... I don't know, is expended for just a couple of days a year in, well, at least American society, where we get so revved up about a couple of days that we we kind of lose our minds. I don't get it. And it's really frustrating being in an industry where we're basically catering and almost encouraging that insanity. So, yeah be so much easier if um if we all just like chose a different day to have our family celebrations of whatever and i know there's a lot of tradition wrapped up to to it too i'm not blind to that i i understand that it's just wishful thinking from someone that works retail anyway again time to stop blabbering thanks for listening and until i talk to you again don't go down in a heap